Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this first Saturday in February 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach for a firm called Sam Nova. This is the Optimize Your Career program. For those tuning in for the first time, I'm on at 8 a.m. every Saturday for about 30 minutes to give you career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions, just about every facet to help you or someone you might know optimize their career. Every now and again, I'll bring on guests as part of our Career Spotlight series. We do have somebody scheduled in February, maybe a couple of weeks, to talk about her amazing journey in helping the underserved youth in the greater Philadelphia area. It's really just an amazing person who's touched so many lives. So I'm looking forward to that. Although our firm is based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, about an hour west of Philadelphia, we serve clients all across the USA. We help people who are working or in job transition who want to really advance their career in some way and get to that better place. We've coached more than 850 people to date. We've written, revamped well over a thousand resumes. Our career assessment team, which is a virtual team across the U.S., we've completed more than 840 assessments and consultations to date. So we had had a great week, really great week. Another of our clients pivoted and landed in a new industry, and we love to do pivots. And not only did she land in a new industry, she also got a substantial pay increase. And again, one of the reasons people work with career coaches is to get people to a better place. But a lot of times when we help people get to that better place, we're also correcting their market value. And many times people are not being paid what they really deserve. Now, the not so good news, companies continue to downsize. And my goodness, LinkedIn published a list of all the companies that have been downsizing these last 60 days, and some of which are still planning to downsize. And it really hit hard. It's really hit the financial industry hard with the higher interest rates, especially the mortgage-oriented companies. Technology has taken a big hit. And you sit back and you think about, hey, what's really going on? And there's a part of me that says, hey, is this a result of all those supply chain issues the last couple of years due to COVID? Companies overcompensated, and now they're trying to make a fix. The fact that we're in some type of recession, inflation is high, people are buying less, I don't know. I'll talk about that in a minute. But certainly companies have overstaffed, perhaps due to COVID, but here's what I think really plays out. And it happened in 2008. And I had done a uh, lot of research on this back then. And I spoke about it a couple of years ago at length. Anytime there's a threat of a recession, anytime we're starting to move the wrong direction, companies use, especially corporate America, use this kind of aura that's going through the airwaves of all recession, interest rates. And what they do is they say, well, hey, this is a great timing to go in there and cut costs. Yeah, let's fix everything where we've overspent. And we kind of mask everything by saying, instead of calling it just gross mismanagement, uh, what we'll do is we'll kind of fix everything in one full swoop. And, and here we go. Now, I do believe interest rates have a direct impact, but I also believe if you overstaffed, you should have fixed it three years ago, two years ago. Why all of a sudden do the companies say, oh, we're overstaffed by 10,000 people, 6,000 people? It drives me crazy. But that's just kind of the way it works. In spite of companies laying people off, I still see signs everywhere. Now I'm talking about signs literally everywhere that I go in every retail store, help wanted signs. And I don't see any let up in job postings right at the moment. 
really anywhere. But what might be happening, right, is be a, a bit more competitive, especially in the tech space, perhaps. Now, this morning, I'm going to talk about something that's been out there for a while called quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. So what is it? And what I can gather, based on everybody that I've talked to and everything that I read, it's employees that have become disenfranchised of what they do. And doesn't mean that they stop working. It's not like they're, they're at work and they're just not doing anything. It's just that they're not engaged anymore and that they go from vibrant, productive, enthused employee to one where, you know what, I'm just putting my time in and I'm going to coast. I'm not going to uh, take charge of anything. I'm not going to initiate anything. And I'm going to do the bare minimum. So this term called quiet quitting has come along. And it's really interesting because it almost, with the term quiet quitting, says, well, it, you know, it's all the employees' fault. Look at this. They're just not working. It's almost like they've lost this desire to do good. And again, you say, well, what are some of the characteristics of quiet quitting? You know, can I get away with doing less? Can I just do the bare minimum? Hey, if, if I clock in, clock out, or maybe I'm salaried, I'm leaving at five no matter what. I'm stopping work at five no matter what. Maybe um, if you see something that's broken, hey, that's their problem now. I'm not speaking up. Maybe you just go quiet. Maybe you were the ones that were always coming up with ideas, talking, getting people motivated, but now all of a sudden you start to become quiet. Maybe you don't talk so good about the firm anymore privately with other people. Maybe you might even be doing it publicly with other people. Maybe you don't have enough work. Maybe something happened. Maybe your boss left. Maybe there's change. But instead of doing having 40 hours worth of work, you only have 28 hours worth of work, and you're kind of just spreading it out now. Uh, I hope they won't notice. So I'm thinking when I hear quiet quitting, these are all the things that come up in my mind. It, it, are these things playing out in some way, shape, or form? Now I'm going to flip the script, if you will, to something very different. Did people in mass really start doing that? Or is there another issue going on here? And that has to do with, is this a company issue? Is this a leadership issue? Is it really an employee issue? I would beg to differ. And it's amazing. I put a poll out there this week on LinkedIn, and over 100 people had chimed in in terms of what they believe is causing employees to quietly quit. And it's, it's pretty amazing. I asked four questions. Are you quietly quitting because the company that you're in is a sweatshop? Now, I've also used the word meat shop, but is it a sweatshop? Yep. In corporate America, believe it or not, big, medium, and small, there are still sweatshops. And a sweatshop definition, Ed's definition, is when you're being treated like cattle. You come in, you're under the clock, you're under scrutiny, you have to perform, there's no let up. And to the extent where you're just producing a volume of something, and it's horrible in so many ways. The polls would say that I took here, almost 20% people believe that they're quietly quitting because they're in an environment called a sweatshop. No, not over in India or Pakistan, right here in the US of A. Now, another question that was asked, is the employer just asking too much of me? You know, in other words, uh, look, I'm here to work, but it's constant asking more and more and more. That came in about 15% and why people are quietly quitting. Then other came in about 25% and people really commented on 
why people are quietly quitting. Oh my goodness, is there's not a lack of uh, opinion out there in terms of what's happening. But I could tell you, except for maybe one comment, the dozens of comments that I've seen so far, the employer has a lot to do with this problem, not the fact that employees are simply just stopping or slowing down their work for the sake of slowing down their work. But the number one result in this poll, 44%, close to 45%, I'm not being rewarded for the extra effort. So 44%, double over everything else that was asked on this poll. That says that when you go to work and you're asked to do something, if you do something extra, whether it be, hey, I solved this problem, I came up with a new idea, hey, I ran out of work and I asked for more work. In other words, what's this extra, extra effort that you're putting in? You're not rewarded. And some people came back to me and said, you know, Ed, it's not just the financial reward. When I do this extra effort, I'm not even acknowledged by my boss, by the company for the extra effort. It's not even noticed. So why the heck should I continue to do extra effort? Wow. Right. And you say, well, employees are quietly quitting. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, here are some of the reasons why. You're running a sweatshop. You're asking too much of the people that work for you. And for people that are going beyond and above, they're not being acknowledged and they're not being financially rewarded in many, many ways. So you think about all the things. You don't have to be in human resources. This is an operational issue. It's not an HR issue. HR is a an organization that can help and they try to help solve this issue, especially for the bigger companies, the larger companies. You don't put all this on HR ever. You put it on the organization, the bosses. All the companies try to pay for performance, and that kind of drives some of this. But but look, there's all kinds of issues. You know, one of the other things that came up repeatedly is the whole issue of communication. If you just think about it, you have people working for you. How often are you talking to them? Do you really care as, a, as the leader about how they're feeling, about what they're doing? Can you sense if they're lying to you? Can you see through that third eye as a leader that that enthusiasm is just not there? Maybe you stop having one-on-ones, right? Maybe this whole issue of communication is just broken badly, and that needs to be fixed as part of trying to understand why people are quietly quitting. Now, some of what's happening to people that know me know that I'm a big person of faith, and you know, I think work is good. I think it's I think it's something that we should be doing. I think we should work hard. How much of it is instilled in you when you were younger? How much is instilled in you to the extent where you're going to work no matter what you do, who you work for, but you're going to do your very best even if you're not being rewarded for that extra effort? Is there a breaking point even if that's how you were raised? I know I spent a portion of my childhood right on a farm. But I could just tell you one thing. When you're out in the farm field in August and you're bailing hay and it's 90 degrees and it's humid and you're on the, the hay wagon, I promise you there's impossible to be quietly quitting in that scenario. I promise you. I wouldn't even want to tell you what would happen if I started to quietly quit helping my father or grandfather on the farm. Oh, but what I'm getting at is that how much of quietly quitting is really going up against who you really are. And there are some people, in spite of it all, in spite of everything that's thrown at them, they're still going to give it their all and look to the good Lord to sort out how it all gets resolved in the end. 
But with the layoffs that are happening, the question is for those people who are quietly quitting, for all the reasons I've mentioned, is there a price to pay? How many of these tens and tens of thousands of people who are being laid off were part of the quietly quitting crowd in those companies? I worked in corporate America for a long time. I know exactly how layoffs take place. I was in the back room looking at all the numbers, coming up with, quote, the fairness doctrine. But then what happens is that for a lot of companies, they'll sit there and they'll say, okay, we need to lay off a thousand people. How are we going to do this? And they do it based on performance, right? And that's why a lot of companies have performance measures in place. So when things get tougher, they have to reduce costs. Hey, who are our best workers? They're the the one performers. Who are the second best? The two performers. Who's the bulk of the employees? Well, three performers. Well, let's look at the three performers. Um, Who's not been working hard? Who do we think you're quietly quitting? Now, has that been part of the rationale? Don't know. So understand that quietly quitting is okay, but it could have a consequence when things really start to get tight and companies start to lay off. But I also believe, truly, that quietly quitting has been around for a long time. We just happened to put a label on it in the last year. But a lot of the things I've mentioned are why people quietly quit Those things have been around as long as I can remember in corporate America. I've gone into organizations to fix those very things. And I certainly wasn't perfect as a corporate leader, but I took those things pretty seriously. But this is just getting you to think a little bit differently. And I hope and I pray that people who lead teams, managers, leaders, business owners are listening to this program as much as those people who are quietly quitting listening to this program. Because you have an opportunity to make things right, to fix things, to make things better. This is an old just, you know, a lose, lose, lose discussion. Let's get back to good leadership. Let's get back to motivated employees. And yes, not all companies out there are like this, and not all employees are quietly quitting. There are some firms that I'm looking at carefully that are just doing a lot of right things. But I can tell you the ones that are doing a lot of right things, communication is just instrumental at those companies. And the leaders of the company walk the talk. Senior team walks the talk. There's almost a level of uh, everyone's equal. Even though the pay might be different, responsibilities might be different, but how you talk to each other, how you treat each other tends to be more equal. But that's for a different topic. I'm going to close with this thought, though. I get phone calls as a career coach all around the country every single day. People want to talk to me. Hey, Ed, I'm in this scenario. I'm in cruise control right now. I got to get to a better place. Ed, they want more and more and more out of me, and and they're not rewarding me in any way. And it's really hard for a lot of people, especially if they're under market value at the company to begin with. But one of the reasons you call a career coach is you can stay right there. You continue to work, do a good job, and a career coach like myself can help you get the heck out of there and get to one of these other places that have better leadership. Get to another job. And if you're in job transition, just don't take any job. Try to find a job where there is good leadership. The last thing you want to do is go from quietly quitting at one firm and go to another firm and get a pay raise and then go back to quietly quitting again, right? You really want a career coach to help you make that change. And because of what I'm describing, people are making career pivots. People are leaving their industry or their job or their career. Other people are hanging their own shingle, breaking out on their own. And again, I think we've seen a huge spike the last year in people opening 
up their own practices. So that's it on quiet quitting. Just about out of time for those new to the program. I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume, Do's and Don'ts, The Sam Nova Way. Please go to our website, samnovainc, S-A-M-N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com. Look at resume services or resume book, and, and you'll actually can order it through our secure website. You can also get it through Amazon. Well over 450 positive comments on the book to date from all different sources. Now, every Tuesday at 11 a.m., I am on this voice-only tool called Clubhouse. It's using your cell phone. I have joined at the hips with Charlotte Taylor, a career coach and resume writer down in Florida. So we focus on career, faith, and purpose. And again, if you have to put the app on your phone, and if you go to my website and you hit events, you'll see all my upcoming speaking events listed. Uh, you'll see something called ongoing events, and there's a link there that you could click on to learn about how to get on Clubhouse. But it's a live form. It's 45 minutes. We're talking about faith. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about how it all plays out. And we're giving very specific career advice. And Charlotte Taylor is just a wealth of knowledge in terms of resources that she has, that she shares on the program. So as we close, find me on LinkedIn or just Google my name, Ed Samuel Career Coach, and I should be right at the top. I'm within a baseball throwaway of 26,000 direct first connections. So if you connect with me, you'll be connected to a lot of people. We continue to get testimonials from clients. Just got another one last week. I think we hit 170 or more now just on LinkedIn alone, and we're well over 500 documented testimonials overall. So please join me on the next Optimize Your Career program. We'll be with you again next Saturday, and we'll be talking about your values and your career. We're going to talk about values in depth next week and how they play a role in finding your next job. I think you'll find it very interesting. This is Ed Samuel, Career Coach with Samdova. If you'd like to reach me, please call our main number at 610 610- 274-8214. You might hear Julie pick up and uh, she'll direct traffic for you if you call our main number. So again, make it a great Saturday. Wishing you and yours a great weekend. Stay safe and God bless.